Hey guys, how's it going? What's happening? Jason here for the Love of Tractors podcast number five. So on today's episode, we're going to talk just a little bit about the National Farm Toy Show. In case you missed my recap episode that I did, you can go back and check that out. I kind of talk about the show in more detail. We're going to talk about the Prestige 164 scale series. We know we've already got several items from that series and we've got a whole bunch more coming that are exciting to talk about. And our tractor of the week is the John Deere 4020. So come join us on the For the Love of Tractors podcast and let's talk tractors, y'all. All right, gang, settle in, settle in. So You may have noticed I did a completely separate episode on the National Farm Toy Show, so I was going to just do that as part of this fifth episode here, but I decided that maybe a special episode was in order for that, and I may do that for some of the other shows that I go to just to not lose the continuity of these episodes that we're doing, but sort of get those show reports in, and then also look forward to this coming up. I am going to start doing tractor history episodes that will also be just sort of randomly inserted. They're going to be irregular. I mean, the first one maybe hopefully is here within a week or so. And then after that, I have no idea when the next one will be done. I've got to do all the research and everything for that. That takes quite a bit of time. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy those, but I'm just kind of trying to expand my horizons here on the podcast. I just, I don't want it to just be like, hey, we're going to talk, you know, toy tractors and then we're going to do a tractor of the week and that's it. I want other episodes to be out there. And I think the tractor, particularly the tractor history episodes you guys will really enjoy, or at least I hope so. So uh, look forward to that one coming very soon. Like I said, hopefully within the next week here, I think. So anyway, so the National Farm Toy Show. Like I said, if you want like a full recap of that thing back at the last podcast, you can find it on all the major podcast networks. The big takeaway from that show to me was it went well, despite the COVID, despite the move of venue and everything going on, it went well. Everybody was having fun. Uh, lots of smiles. Every toy that you ever wanted was there, I think. <laughs> uh, it's dangerous, actually, because you see things that you maybe didn't even know existed and you kind of want them and <laughs> it's there. But I, I behaved myself. Uh, I picked up a lot of toys, case lots that I uh, had purchased in, in advance from B&B Farm Toys. Uh, I got some stuff from David CD Models, who who uh, his buddy Kirk brought down to me. So I came home with a lot of boxes of stuff. But as far as new toys, the, the only things I really bought for myself, and I have a video of these up on the website, is I bought a John Deere 6600 Combine from Dave Holman at Heartland Customs. That thing is awesome. comes with a six-row corn head, and then it comes with... Uh, a bean cutting platform as well. Uh, I bought a Brent grain cart from him and that thing is super cool. I think the only thing I want to do to that is I'm, I'm really seriously considering putting on a tarp on that thing. So I think that'll be cool. And then I got a, uh, the, the Alice Chalmer, uh, 4W220 show tractor, which I actually bought a case of those. And so I'm really excited about that as well. Then that's about all personally I bought. Now I received, I got in a, a, a bit of a trade or something like that from uh, from Chris Steve and Tony Dixon. I got a couple trucks. That video will be up real soon. I recorded the video for that the other day and I was going to upload it uh, Today, actually, which is Saturday. I'm recording this on Saturday. It will release on Monday. I, 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 as silly as this sounds, like um, the, the two trucks I got are super special to me. And it's it's kind of weird. Like I I don't know that I've ever had this happen before, but I kind of got a little bit emotional recording that video because it really reminded me of my childhood, of like those days. You know, when you're just a kid, you know, you're like seven, eight years old, you're out there with your dad and your uncle and your grandpa doing all the farming stuff. And it, it, I don't know, like it really took me back. And 
I've never had that happen as a toy. Now, I've had toys that mean a lot to me for various reasons, but I set these on my display and it was just, uh, I don't know. It was weird. Like something came over me. It was really weird, but it was really cool. And it kind of opened up, I, I, I don't know, like a new possibility, I guess, for me in this hobby or like a new idea. I don't know. But man, it, it sure hit something in my brain there. And it's actually hitting me, hitting me a little bit as I'm talking about it. There's just something about those two trucks. That video will be out this week. And so I hope you guys uh, are able to check those out. And like I said, I may re-record that because that video got, got strange. <laughs> so, oh, I don't know. Anyway, guys, uh, we're going to move on here, though. And we're going to talk about the brand new lineup from Ertl, which is the uh, Prestige series. So I am sure by now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're aware of the new Prestige lineup from Ertl. And you've probably seen some of my videos on particularly the John Deere, the 8RX410 and the 8R410. Those are really nice tractors for the price. I think what I've kind of learned or what we've kind of figured out is that there are some compromises that that series is going to make versus, say, an authentic series. And, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that that's fine. I, I get it now. After seeing them and after particularly seeing the Case IH versions as well, I get what Earl's trying to do here, and I appreciate it, actually, quite a bit. Moving on, I guess, with the... Like I said, I've, I've covered the John Deere a lot, so the uh, Case IH first Prestige releases are going to be the 540 Quad Track and the 580 Wheel version of that. I've got both of those as well. Both are great. I really like the Wheel version, guys. Like, that... I don't know. There's something about that Wheel version that just really... I don't know, sets it off. There's something about it anyway. I, I don't know how to explain it, but really nicely detailed. They've got the mirrors. They've got the flashers. The The wheels look great. The tires don't. <laughs> the tires look okay. But in general, it's just it's a nicely detailed tractor. It just looks right. I know Ertl doesn't like us to customize tractors so much, but that's just too bad we're going to. Those tractors, man, they're they are the perfect platform for customization. How about that? Because, like I said, already some of the details there, and you just have to go a little farther to make those things incredible. So, I, anyway, I, I like them a lot. I'm really really pumped about those. I can't wait to get my hands on more of those 580s so I can start doing some customization on them. Moving on, the New Holland, we just got uh, word that there's going to be New Holland releases for the Series 2, and of course there are, and I'm always excited to see New Holland stuff, because I'll be honest, I believe the Ford New Holland line kind of gets left out of a lot of things. It's really cool to see that they're going to get some prestige, so of course, sort of following what we've been seeing with the others, we're going to get a, a T9700 smart tracks and then we're going to get a t9700 wheeled version so the the smart tracks is obviously the quad track version of that and these are going to have the same treatment that the john deere and the case ih get so i expect these to be very nice tractors i'm very excited to get my hands on one particularly the wheeled version again because of the customization potential there but the smart tracks is going to be great i mean let's not kid ourselves those are going to be really fun tractors to have and customize so i'm pretty excited about that uh, I actually just bought a bunch of the previous version of the Smart Tracks. I don't know, like a, maybe a month or so ago, with the intent of customizing those for farm toy so toy show season. I, I've got a little kit made up, and so they're pretty easy to do. So I really haven't gotten any of those done yet, but I will soon. We just found out just a couple days before recording this, actually, that we're going to get a Case 7150 combine. And that's going to have an eight-row head and the smaller grain platform. That thing looks great. It's kind of 
it's kind of in the same vein as that last Authentics we got there. So it's cool. That's That was a great combine. This is very similar to that. And we're also going to get a John Deere X9 combine. And that thing is going to have a massive platform and a big header on it. That's really cool. And I've seen that in person. I saw that up at the show in person. Looks good. It's it's a nice-looking combine. I think Ertl did a pretty good job on it. I, I kind of want to see one up close and personal. I mean, I didn't get to handle that one or anything. But uh, I think, think that's going to be super popular when, when it's all said and done. Now, also, just while I'm on the topic, we're going to get a non- prestige version of that x9 as well which won't have handrails and things like that so that'll be a great play version and also probably a really great platform for customization even though the the x9 prestige will also be a great platform for customization i'm kind of just excited about this whole lineup in general i think ertl's really hitting a sweet spot here because you know if you look at like spec cast and what they do with their higher detail tractors they're incredible i love them and I think they're the best collector tractors in 164 scale that are out on the market right now. But you're going to pay, you know, 35, 40 bucks for those if you're getting like, say, the new Agcos or something along those lines. And then the combines, you know, you, the new Fent Ideal is like a $70 combine. That's super pricey. Well, what Ertl's doing here is they're, they're, they're dialing back the detail a little bit. And, but we're getting, we're getting toys in say the 15 to $25 price range. Now I don't know what these new combines are going to cost. They'll probably be a slightly bit more, but I don't expect that X9 to be a 50 or $60 combine. Now watch me be wrong on that, but I don't expect it to be. The Prestige series, like I said, uh, at first a lot of people were disappointed it wasn't Authentic's level of detail, but now I get it. It's not supposed to be. It's a great compromise between a play and an Authentic. So that's really cool. I'm excited about them. They are really neat tractors, and you can get some of them already over at ForTheLoveOfTractors.com if you're interested in that sort of thing. I guess it is time to move on to our Tractor of the Week. This week's Tractor of the Week, the John Deere 4020. Now, I don't know of a farm that didn't have a 4020 or still doesn't have a 4020 at one time. Now, I get it. Some of you don't. Man, oh man, are 4020s everywhere. And (laughs) we'll get to that later uh, in this segment, but... It has to be one of the most popular tractors ever. This tractor really put John Deere kind of back on the map or on the map because sort of previous to this, Farmall with the M was, I don't know, king? I mean, they, they were they were kind of running the show. But prior to the 4020, the Farmall M was on every farm, basically. Farms got bigger. Tractors got bigger. Obviously, the, the M sort of became obsolete. And I, this 4020 is really where John Deere kind of uh, came into their own and really became that really became that you know juggernaut that we see today and it really i and i feel like it really started with the 4020 okay so to get into the particulars of the 4020 here the 4020 was produced from 1964 to 1972 it replaced the 4010 and there weren't a ton of differences but the, the major differences were that it had heavier axles and a differential lock as well as more power in the engine. Now you had three power, uh, three engine choices with this. The diesel, the gas, and the LP. They all made around 84 horsepower, and your transmission of choice was the John Deere Synchro range, which had eight forward speeds, two reverse speeds, and then the power shift was an option. Now, the power shift was a big deal for John Deere, and obviously that transmission would would carry them forward for a very long time, 
and uh, it was a great transmission, just just to put it out there. And now, as the tractor progressed in age, in, in in sort of the production run, what we saw were the hydraulics got moved from the side console. I'm sorry, got moved from the center console to the side console, and then the shifter got curved, so you weren't kind of banging your hand there on the steering wheel. We had uh, we've had a couple 4020s over the years, and uh, we had one with the the earlier ones where where the uh, hydraulics were all up front, and then we had a side console and. And with that curve shifter, and let me tell you what, that side console is the way to go. <laughs> so, and I think it's kind of the more desirable one at this point anyway. Or it seems like to me, it seems like they bring a little bit more money. Um, that's my opinion, or at least that's kind of my observation. Now, speaking of money, in 1972, if you wanted a John Deere 4020, you were going to pay right around $10,000. In fact, sticker price was $10,000. $345 at that point. So the interesting thing is, here we are, what, 50 years later? Oh my gosh, 50 years later since the 4020, guys. Where does the time go? Wow. Uh, yeah, so here we are 50 years later, and 4020 still, we're going to bring about $10,000. And in fact, really great examples are going to bring in the 20s. Uh, like prime examples of a 4020, I've seen. Uh, I was looking through some auction prices, some auction results. Uh, twenty four, twenty five thousand bucks, and I'm sure there's probably some higher than that. There's always those anomalies, but it seems like to me like a good good 4020 with its work clothes on, uh, you know, that hasn't been restored but is in still in decent shape. You're gonna pay roughly around ten for that, and you're getting a great tractor for, for $10,000 there. I mean, the 4020s are awesome. Parts are still plentiful. Um, you know, they're, they're a really reliable tractor. There's some pains, uh, with them. Like for example, the injectors are kind of silly on those. Some of them are hard to get to, or the lines are anyway. And I don't know, there's, there's just little things like that, but in general, it's a great tractor. You can use it for, we, we used to cultivate corn with them. Uh, that was kind of the, our main uh, use for them. Of course, running augers. We would always run augers with 4020s, things like that. So loved them. Love the 4020. I think it's a great, a great tractor. And we get some awesome toys in that as well. I'll talk about the toys here in just a little bit though. All in all, there were 184,000 4020s built. So that's a bunch. Now the breakdown is 168,000 of those were diesel and then the others were kind of equally spread out. Uh, some of those were standard tractors as well for the guys out west. So, all yeah, all of them were built out in Waterloo, Iowa. I always like to kind of go over the tires options, the tire options for the customized guys, the customizer guys. So, on the rear, you basically had two options. You had an 18434 or a 15538. Now, you're going to really struggle to find a 15538 in 164 scale, but you could probably substitute like a, you know, an 18438 or something like that. The the 18434, I think there's an available to that. If not, there's some there's plenty of 34-inch options that are really close, so uh, you could you could definitely get something like that. On the front, you got a 7.518 or a 6.016 on the fronts. So again, the, you've got some options for that as well if you're kind of wanting to go correct with those. You know, of course, if you want to go bigger, there's plenty of options to make a slightly bigger tire to kind of beef up your 4020s a little bit. I don't know that I like a 4020 that looks too beefy. I just don't know that it looks right because, you know, the 4020s kind of got like skinny hoods and uh, the, the fenders are kind of you know skinny-ish and, you know, I don't know. Look, going beefy doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense on those, but anyway, that's kind of some information there if you want to do some customization. Speaking of toy tractors, well, we've got, uh, of course tons of options. The 4020 has to be one of the most produced 
John Deere toys that there is. So you've got options in 164 scale. You've got like the old option where it was it was kind of close to scale, wasn't great. They've they re kind of redid the 40, 20, 30, 10s and stuff. Oh geez, it's been 10 years ago now probably. Those are really good. They look close to scale, ripe for detail. Tires pull right off on those. There's you know they're not they're super easy to get off. So if you wanted to customize, you can do that. There's not a lot of detail in terms of handrails or levers or anything like that, but that's pretty easy to do on those tractors. If you just get some straight pins out, it's kind of pretty simple. And then of course, in the 116 scale, we've, there, there are 40-20s just galore. Uh, you know, we had two 40-20 precisions. We had the regular, then we had the power shift. The power shift, of course, had the wide front. Uh, it was sort of the more desirable. At one point, those 4020 power shifts were up around four or five hundred dollars. Now, I always wonder, you know, you go to a show, you see dealers trying to sell something like that for you know four hundred, five hundred dollars, and I always wonder if any ever sold for that price. I feel like they probably didn't. The, it seems like 4020 power shift prices have settled back down in the 150 to 200 range, and now I'm sure they're selling at that price point. That's not terrible. Now, what's interesting, both of those 4020s. If you were sort of lucky or kind of at the right place at the right time, like especially if you could have been up to Dyersville and went to the Ertl Outlet when those were brand new, you could have picked up those 4020s for around 60 bucks, 60, 70 bucks. So the precisions, I guess, is what I'm talking about here. You know, that's it's kind of mind blowing that to think precision tractors were, you know, 60 bucks back then. Now, if you went to a toy show, you were going to pay 100 bucks for one. That was kind of the rule of thumb during that first precision classic series at least maybe in the first 10 releases or so of it where you were going to pay you were going to go to a show they were going to have a hundred bucks on it and if you offered them 90 they were going to take it because all of those dealers were paying 60 bucks a piece for them and so you know they were happy to get you know roughly 30 percent markup and so you could always talk them down a little bit on that and if you were really good buddies or a good customer you might be able to even talk them down to 80 or 85 on them but that's kind of how that went uh, like I said, it's kind of hard to believe now in a world where the prestige tractors are way over a hundred bucks that uh, we could get precision level for just a hundred bucks. Someday I'm going to do an episode and it may be one of those special episodes on just the precision classic series because I think that was really an interesting time in the farm toy world where I think we've, we see detail that from Ertl, you know, from the big companies that we still don't see today. And I think it was a rare occasion where price met value because of the tractors being selected, you know, the two cylinders, the 4020s, et cetera, et cetera, the, you know, the new generation. There was lots of easy detail to get, and it, we were still in a point of time where it wasn't so expensive to do so. I just think it was a really in that that precision series was a really interesting time. So, and I'm digressing a little bit here, and I apologize, but you guys know me at this point. That that happened anyway. That kind of wraps up uh, the the tractor of the week, and that actually is going to kind of wrap up the uh, show here for this week. Thanksgiving is coming up. I hope you guys are all going to have a great Thanksgiving. I know it's going to be weird. A lot of families aren't going to get together necessarily because of COVID. But, uh, you know, hopefully with technology, there can be Zoom or 
FaceTime or whatever, and everybody can still see each other for Thanksgiving. And then uh, the week after, the 5th and 6th of December, is the Janesville, Wisconsin show, which we will be at. So far, no grumblings of that getting canceled. So we will be there safely and everything goes well. Going to bring lots of custom stuff. I'm going to have a lot of green light stuff. It's going to be a fun show. Going to have a lot of parts there as well. My toolboxes, things of that nature. So if you're coming there and you need something for me, that hopefully you can grab it there. And then, of course, uh, after that, it's kind of the wait for you know, the big show season. And we're still waiting to hear on if those big shows are going to happen. I think everybody's holding out, hoping, but we'll see. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Sure. Appreciate it. And as always, if you've got suggestions, if you want to, uh, if there's a certain tractor of the week, you want me to kind of research and do a backstory on, you know, hit me up at for the love of tractors at gmail.com. Always open to suggestions and ideas. We are of course on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as for the love of tractors. And don't forget to check us out at ForTheLoveOfTractors.com. We also have a Teespring store now where you can buy For The Love Of Tractors merch. Right now I think we have t-shirts, I believe we have a hoodie, and we have a gator, a neck gator thing. So if you got to wear a mask, you can wear one of those. And you can look cool with your For The Love Of Tractors on there. So we'd appreciate it if you check that out as well. Guys, that's going to do it. Thanks for watching. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the For the Love of Tractors podcast. As always, really appreciate it. You guys are so good to me, and uh, you just keep pushing me forward, and hopefully one day I'm going to reach that hill that I'm trying to climb, and we'll maybe do this for a living. So again, guys, just always appreciate it. Have yourselves an awesome day, and happy tractor hunting.